All of my fellow interns told me that I was stupid. I was an idiot. I was making the biggest mistake of my life. I was literally throwing four years of college away. How could I be that stupid? But I could care less what they had to say. I had a plan. I was gonna make it happen. And it doesn't matter what they think of me. I was gonna show them. Yeah, I, I'm not the stupid one. Like, just, just you wait, just you see. Hey, what's up everyone? My name is Bailey Bolton and welcome to Pursuing Perspectives, a podcast dedicated to discovering the ideas and perspectives that will help all of us to grow more, become more, and achieve more. Thank you, thank you so much for tuning in to the first ever episode of this show. I am so excited to be sitting down with you today and to be launching this bad boy. And before we really get into today's message, I just wanted to give you an idea as to what this podcast is about, and then we're gonna jump right in to today's topic. So first things first, if I were to give this podcast a a central theme or one word to describe what this show is all about, that one word would be discovery. And so I'm using this podcast as a platform to formulate my ideas as a way to document my ideas, but also my experiences. I want to be able to teach, not necessarily teach, but I want to be able to share with all of you the lessons that I'm learning in real time from not just my successes, but from my failures as well, because there are so many valuable lessons to be learned from temporary setbacks and temporary defeats. So I want to be able to use this show to share with you what I'm learning in real time so that when I begin to accomplish all of the goals that I've set out for myself, I want to be able to show you and share with you the strategies and the lessons that I'm learning in real time so that you can apply the lessons that I'm learning so you can accomplish your goals goals as well. And I'm not only going to be sharing my own experiences, I am a big reader, and so I'm also going to be sharing with you the ideas and the perspectives that I'm learning from other people as well, because one of the biggest lessons that I've ever learned in my life is if I can avoid failures and if I can avoid mistakes by learning from other people's experience, I am so much more prepared to attack whatever it is I'm trying to accomplish, and I know what to avoid, what not to do, so that I can achieve my goal much quicker. So with this podcast, like I said, I want to be able to share with you my experience, I want to be able to document my ideas, and I just want to use this platform as an opportunity, like I said, to grow more, become more, and achieve more. So before I go into today's topic, I just want to let you know one more thing. I am not some guru. I'm just your average guy trying to figure it out as well. So when you listen to me, I don't want you ever to get the idea that I have it all figured out because that is absolutely not the case. I'm just your average Joe who's trying to figure out this thing called life along with everybody else. So with that, I want to officially introduce myself and tell you about my story so far. So like I said, my name is is Bailey Bolton. I'm 24 years old and I'm a full-time entrepreneur. So personally, I own a full production media company. So what I do right now, I make full-fledged commercials for local businesses and I make high production ads for businesses. And with this whole coronavirus thing just, you know, taking over the world right now, 
My business specifically right now, what I'm really focusing on is making property tour videos for real estate agents and for real estate brokers that they use to sell homes. Because right now, a lot of sellers don't want people in their homes and a lot of buyers don't want to actually get out and go home shopping. So what I do is I go in and I make virtual property tours that these agents can use to sell homes. And you know, this business is taking off and I am extremely fortunate, I'm extremely lucky. And today I kinda want to share with you my story and I wanna share with you what's gone on in my life over the past few years that's led to this exact moment. So. Like I said, I'm 24, and I want to take this back to the age of 18 when I graduated high school. So when I graduated high school, even though I graduated at the top of my class, I realized, holy crap, I don't know anything. Like, I'm just a young, dumb kid. I literally know nothing. And I went all these years through the school system, and I feel like I don't have anything to show for it in regards to, like, mental capability. And so my parents had a bookshelf, and I started going through the bookshelf. And one thing that I really wanted to know more about was finances. I learned nothing about personal finances in high school, and I wanted to use that I wanted to start educating myself in that arena starting off. And so the first book I ever picked up was by Dave Ramsey. Honestly, I don't remember the name of the book. I think it was Financial Peace University. I don't remember. But anyway, it was really, really, really significant because sitting down, reading my first book about finances and learning all of this stuff that I had no idea even existed and learning all this stuff that I did not learn in high school sparked a fire that has at this point it, it's out of control i am the biggest book addict of all time it's it's the greatest habit i've ever developed by far but when i read that first book outside of high school i realized oh my gosh there are so many brilliant thinkers there's so many brilliant minds out in the world today there is so much for me to learn i know absolutely nothing. And so after reading that book, I really wanted to look around my hometown and I wanted to see, is there an extremely high achiever in my hometown or at least close to my town that I can get a hold of and that I can learn from? Because I kind of have some goals. I kind of have some ideas. Keep in mind, this is when I was 18. And I wanted to find somebody that I could learn from and that I could essentially just pick their brains. And so there was this billionaire, I won't name his name, but there was a billionaire that lived outside of my hometown. And I had a family member that worked for, he worked for him. He So the billionaire owned a huge ranch and my family member managed the ranch and tended to the ranch. And so I was talking to the family member and I was like, hey, I really want to sit down with, uh, I'll just call him, I'll call him Mr. T. And so I want to sit down with Mr. T. How can I make that happen? And he said, Bailey, everything goes through Mr. T's secretary. If you want to talk to Mr. T, you got to talk to his secretary. Here's her phone number. So I called her, rang her up, introduced myself, told her who I was, and I explained how I wanted to meet with Mr. T, and I was uh, dismissed. Uh, it was an it was a no, and so uh, and I don't blame her. Like if I was a if I was a billionaire, I would not be meeting with some like eighteen year old kid. Like absolutely not. Like he might want some money from me. Like who knows what this kid wants? No. See you later. But I persisted, and I was not gonna let that no be final. And so I called this woman back 
every single day for months, every single day. And every single time I called her, it was the exact same thing. No, 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 no. But I don't take no for an answer. And so I persisted, persisted, persisted. But still, the same thing, no. And so I was like, okay, I need to change my tactics here, okay? Something's got to change. So I actually drove out to his actual place of business. And so in my hometown, I have a really, really, really small airport. Like you don't actually fly out of this airport to go anywhere. It's basically used for for people who are trying to learn how to fly. It's basically like the airport that they use to like take off and just, you know, fly around, learn how to fly. Like no one actually flies out of this airport to go anywhere. But this billionaire, his office is at this airport and it is this huge airport hangar that dwarfs everything around it in that personal airport hangar that houses his personal private jets yeah that's his that's his personal office and obviously it's gated off like there's nobody's getting in this place well you know I pulled up thinking yeah I'm just gonna like pull up into this dude's business his place of business I'm gonna walk right in well sure enough the gate that kind of like barricades this whole place, it was like creaked open just a little bit. And so I was like, okay, I got this. Like, this is probably not the smartest thing to do, but I'm going to go for it. Well, I just kind of like scooched in between the fence. Oh, I was in, I was in. And I walked through the front door. I walked through the front door of this dude's office and I found the secretary. I introduced myself. She looked like she was completely freaked out. I got escorted out. Obviously nothing happened. But, but that impressed the billionaire because about a week or maybe it was two weeks after that, I got a phone call from the secretary and she told me that Mr. T wanted to see me. And so she told me that I needed to be at the office in like 10 minutes because he only had 30 minutes of free time. And so that'd give us about 20 minutes to talk. So I literally, I jump in my car and I book it down to Mr. T's place. And we ended up talking for over two hours. And it was one of the most incredible conversations that I've ever had. But one question that I asked Mr. T, I told him, look, I just graduated high school and I'm about to go into college. If you could do it all over again, and if you were in my position, what would you study if you wanted to start your own business one day? What is the one skill that I need to learn from college so that I can be prepared to own my own business one day? And Mr. T told me if I was to study one thing, that would have to be accounting. Accounting. That was it. He said that is one of the most applicable business skills that you can possibly have, accounting. And so another question that I asked him, was what is one book recommendation that you have for me? And the book recommendation that he gave me is called Poor Charlie's Almanac. And it's basically, it's the, it's one of the best books I've ever read, honestly, but it's about Charlie Munger. And Charlie Munger is Warren Buffett's business partner. And he's one of the biggest brains, obviously, I've ever encountered, one of the most brilliant minds I've ever encountered. But he's the brains behind Berkshire Hathaway along with Warren Buffett, one of the most brilliant business minds to ever walk this planet. And in the book, he and Warren Buffett both also recommend studying accounting in college if you are to start your own business one day. So that was three billionaires that recommended accounting. And so with that, I decided that I was going to study accounting. And so I enrolled in my local junior college. I studied accounting. And after two years, I was getting ready to 
graduate my junior college and transfer out. And I have no idea why, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to apply to Harvard. And I haven't told many people this. It's kind of crazy. But when I was getting ready to graduate, I applied to Harvard, Stanford, Yale, Cornell, and Brown. And I was 100% confident that I was either going to go to Cornell or I was going to go to Yale. I didn't really feel like I could get into Harvard because it's Harvard. But deep down, like low-key, I knew for a fact that I could at least get into Cornell with my uh, grades, everything that I'd accomplished up until that point, and maybe just maybe Yale. So to make a really, really, really long story short, I applied to all of the schools. I wrote some kick-butt essays. I had the best references that I could possibly pull off being in the hometown that I was in. They were like the gold standard of referrals. Like I I was set. And so when I applied, I was like, all right, what's one thing that I can do to set myself apart from all the other applicants? And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to try out for a sport because if I'm a student athlete, I have a much better shot at getting into these schools. But I'm all of like five foot nine. Like I'm not going to be a football player. I've never played football in my life. I'm definitely not going to be a basketball player. I can't be a golfer. Like all of these sports I would have had to have practiced my whole life to be good at. And so I was thinking, oh crap, what's one sport that I could at least try out for and get by off my athletic ability alone? And then it hit me. What do all those like uppity preppity schools in the North, what's a sport that they all have? Ding, 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 rowing. They all have crew teams. And I'm like, okay, this can't be that hard. Like as long as my cardio is in check, like I feel like I can learn how to freaking row a boat. Like it can't be that hard. And so what I ended up doing was I made a couple YouTube videos and I found the head coaches, the assistant coaches, and all of the coaching staff of Cornell, Brown, all, all the Ivy League schools that I applied to, I found the whole staff coach, uh, or staffing coach, coaching staff, excuse me, I found the entire coaching staff of all of these schools, and I submitted my YouTube videos to them, and I told them that, that I was applying, and I wanted to try out for the teams, and believe it or not, this is crazy, but believe it or not, Cornell got back to me within 24 hours, and the head coach said, look, dude, I'm going to get you to the school. I'll get you through the application process. And if you can beat out any of our athletes, you will have a spot on the team. And when I got that email, I flipped out. I was like, I'm going to Cornell, baby. Let's go. And so I patiently waited for all of my acceptance letters to come back. I knew for certain I was going back to Cornell. And sure enough, the first acceptance letter that I got back was from Cornell and when I opened it, declined, declined. And I was like, is this, is this for real? Like the coach told me he was going to get me to the school. Like, is this, no, 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 this, this has to be wrong. There's no way this is right. Well then boom, I got my um, letter from Yale. Boom. I got mine from Harvard. Boom. I got it from Stanford. Boom. I got from Brown. All of them declined. I didn't get into any of the schools. And in that moment, I was devastated. I was devastated. I had set up like no plan B. It was Ivy League or nothing, which was really dumb of me looking back, but lesson learned. I made no plan B. 
So in the moment, I had to figure something out because I was, I, I just graduated and it was time to like move to the next school, but I got declined by all of these Ivy League schools. And so in the moment, I just decided to apply to all of the, the, the major D1 schools in Texas. And sure enough, Texas Tech gave me the biggest scholarship. And so with that, I packed everything up and I moved to Lubbock. And before I go on with uh, my good old Lubbock stories, I just want to I just want to reiterate one thing, and that's with the whole Harvard Ivy League uh, experience, even though it was devastating, two things. Number one, I am so, so, so grateful that I did not go to an Ivy League school. I am so incredibly grateful that I had the opportunity to go to Texas Tech, which I'll explain why in a minute. But number two, I learned the power of thinking outside of the box, being persistent, in reaching out to people that are in charge. When I reached out to the head coaches and to the entire coaching staff, I learned the power of being resourceful. And I learned the power of, like I said, thinking outside of the box. And that was a lesson that served me well. And we're going to get to that in a little bit. So anyway, I went to Texas Tech. I enrolled in accounting. And I did my two and a half years, two years, three years, however long it is. And I was getting ready to graduate. And I realized, okay, I know I want to start my own business one day. I'm about to graduate, but I have absolutely no idea what I want to start. I have no idea what I want to do. I, I, have, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I'm kind of freaking out at this point. Like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, I'm about to graduate. I don't know what to do. And so with the accounting program, they offer, they offer the ability to go to graduate school so that you can earn your CPA and go work for one of the big four accounting firms in the country. And so if you apply and get into the graduate program, then you're pretty much guaranteed an internship with one of the big four accounting firms. And if you get an internship, you're pretty much guaranteed a job to go work at one of these accounting firms. And so as bad as it sounds, I needed to buy some time because I had no idea what I was going to do with my life and I was not ready to get into the quote unquote real world yet. So I applied to grad school, got into grad school, and I ended up setting up an internship with PwC, PricewaterhouseCooper. But before the internship started, something something big happened. And so in life, there, there are some of those few moments that really impact the tra- trajectory of your life going forward. Like those moments don't happen very often, but over the course of one's life, there are going to be a few times where something so significant happens that it completely changes their, their paradigm, the way they look at things, and their overall life trajectory. And that happened for me right before I went on that internship. And what happened was I met this guy named Mason Fecht. And Mason is one of my best friends and one of the most brilliant individuals that I have ever met in my life. And so I was extremely fortunate enough to meet Mason three weeks before he was moving from Lubbock back to Houston because he was dropping out of tech. And to make another long story short, Mason is a full-time day trader. And being an accounting major, anytime I heard the term day trader, like my BS alarm kind of went off. But no, when I was able to sit down with Mason and actually see that he had made about 180 grand over the course of two months, it wasn't BS. Like, no, these are literal trades that I was able to look, see his account, like it's for real, it was right there, I was able to watch him trade live, he's the real deal. And 
seeing that Mason wasn't just going to to do the whole, you know, go to college, make good grades, get a job, go work a nine to five, work for 30 years, retire. He he was not going to live in that just standard way that, that that standard old school way. He was taking his life in his own hands. He was doing what he wanted to do and he was kicking butt at it. And so when I was able to see that, whoa, there are other ways of making money besides just going and working for a corporation. Whenever I saw that, it just blew me away. It absolutely blew me away. And Mason actually ended up coming to my hometown over the course of New Year's, right before I was about to move to Dallas to go start my internship in February. He came to my hometown that January for New Year's, and I watched him make $10,000 in one hour in my house. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, I want to know what you know. Like, there are there are other ways to make money besides going and working for somebody else. Like that's, that is when the needle kind of tipped towards the entrepreneurial direction. That's when I realized, okay, there's more to, more to this than just going and working for a corporation. And so I went and did the internship, but I knew, I knew I'm going to be a trader. Like I'm going to be a day trader And so over the course of the internship, this sounds really bad, but (laughs) at work, we had like these triple monitors. And so you have your laptop and then you have these huge double monitors up top. And so I would be working, but in like the corner of my computer screen, I would have day trading videos playing for like eight to 10 hours a day. And I was learning as much as I possibly could about day trading because that's what I was going to do as soon as this, as soon as this internship ended, I was going to be a day trader because I just couldn't see myself working at one of these accounting firms. And, you know, I'll talk more about my experience at PwC later. Great company, love them to death. I just couldn't work there. But anyway, so what ended up happening was when the internship was coming to a close, the the head partner called me into his office and he gave me a full-time job offer. He thought I was great at what I was doing. He wanted me to work at the firm full-time. And so he gave me a full-time job offer for $55,000 a year. I'd seen Mason make $10,000 in one hour. And yet they were about to pay me to work like 90-hour work weeks, 100-hour work weeks for 55 grand a year. When they gave me that offer, I said no on the spot. I walked back to my desk and I dropped out of Texas Tech's graduate school right then and there. And when I did that, all of my fellow interns told me that I was stupid. I was an idiot. I was making the biggest mistake of my life. I was literally throwing four years of college away. How could I be that stupid? But I could care less what they had to say. I had a plan. I was going to make it happen. And it doesn't matter what they think of me. I was going to show them. Yeah, I, I'm not the stupid one. Like, just just you wait. Just you see. And so I left the accounting firm and I had a realization. It was one of those, like, uh, oh shit realizations. It's do or die at this point. It's li- I, I either sink or I swim. Because I just gave up. The one job offer that I had been working for four years in college to get. And I had literally said no and just given it up. 
I had no other option. I had no other plan B. And fortunately, from that internship, I had earned about $10,000. So I had $10,000 set aside. And so I started weighing my options. I could either put all 10000 towards day trading, but there was always the chance that I could lose it all if I truly didn't know what I was doing. And then I'd just be broke. I'd have no money. I'd have no job. And I wouldn't know what to do. I didn't like that option. And so I had another friend of mine who was into e-commerce. And so he had a drop shipping store. And I thought, okay, I want to see what he knows. And maybe, just maybe, I can set up an e-commerce store, okay? And then the money that I earn from e-commerce, okay, I can set aside to day trade with. So if I start losing money from day trading, I'll still have money coming in from my e-commerce store. I will still have cash flow. That sounded like a good option to me. That sounded like a really good option. So over the course of 2019, I used the entire summer. I literally went home for the entire summer, locked myself in my room, and I taught myself everything that there was to possibly know about dropshipping, Shopify, and e-commerce. And so I'm going to speak more about my experience with e-commerce at a later time, but I just want to let you know that after spending literally four months educating myself, building the perfect dropshipping store, literally setting everything up, making sure everything was absolutely perfect, my store failed miserably, miserably failed. But that's okay. I started a second store, failed. I started a third store, failed. I started a fourth store, failed. I had four complete e-commerce failures. You know, I'm okay with I'm okay with temporary failure because I believe in learning as much as I can from temporary failures so that I can use that knowledge and that information to succeed later on. But after four failures, I didn't know what to do. I, I literally I was freaking out. I had no idea what to do. And around that time, this is another one of those rare turning points in life. Around that time, an individual, his name is Sean Alexander. If you've never heard of Sean, go look him up on Instagram. Go give him a follow. Sean Alexander owns a company called Model Trainers, and they are a personal training business that they they train exclusively high-profile clientele. And anyway, he and the model trainers are going out to Los Angeles and they needed a videographer to document the entire journey and uh, document the entire trip. And so he reached out to me and wanted to know if I would be his videographer for the trip. And that trip to Los Angeles was the turning point for my life. Up until that point, I'd been doing some like really, really, really small end videography gigs, but I never taken myself seriously as a videographer and I never saw myself as a videographer. But on that trip, he, Sean literally told me, he was like, dude, you may not believe that you are like, you, you don't believe like you are the videographer, but I want to let you know you are one of the most talented videographers that I've ever met. You are the videographer. You are a videographer. Like you are the guy, man. You You've got it. Like, this is what you do. This is who you are. You are a videographer. And after that trip, which I'm going to talk more about that later because it was amazing. But after that trip, I realized, oh my gosh, like I'm really, really, really good at this. 
And I hadn't yet thought about monetizing that talent and using my talent as a service-based business. But that thought was kind of in the back of my mind, like, okay, I might be onto something here. Maybe I could use videography as a source of income. So anyway, after the whole LA trip, which took place in November, I went home. I, gra- I graduated from tech, so just to backtrack a little bit, even though I dropped out of the graduate program, I still had two undergrad courses left, so I finished those undergrad courses, graduated, got my degree, and I went home for Christmas. And I had to go to the drawing board because I had absolutely no idea what I was going to do with my life. I just graduated. I had my degree. I had no job. My e-commerce stores had failed. I didn't have enough money to day trade because I'd lost it all in e-commerce. What was I going to do? I had no idea. And so I had to go back to the drawing board. And so luckily, there's another extremely successful entrepreneur in my hometown. His name's Brad Hughes. I love Brad to death. He's amazing. And we sat down and we had coffee together and he shared with me a few things that I will share with you guys at a later point, but it was an extremely beneficial meeting. But he really stressed the importance of having a service-based business instead of actually having a business that holds inventory because there's so much risk when you have a business that holds inventory. He really stressed having a service-based business. And so after that meeting with Brad, my gears started turning. I knew that I was a really good videographer, and I knew that that was a type of service, but I wasn't sold yet. I wasn't sold yet on doing that full-time until the final tipping point. This is one of this is probably the craziest thing that's ever happened to me, and I'm going to go much more into detail in uh, with this story next time, but what happened was in December... A man by the name of Ryan Serhant. For those of you who don't know who Ryan Serhant is, you've got to look him up. He's the number one real estate broker in New York City and one of the top real estate brokers in the entire world. So Ryan Serhant held a contest called Free Year NYC. And basically what it was, Ryan and his team were going to pick one person and they were going to fly them out to New York City and they were going to give them a place to stay for one year. They were going to pay for rent. They were going to pay for all of food, transportation, all expenses paid for one year in New York City so that you could chase your dream in New York City. Well, like I said, I just graduated and I had no job, so I had nothing to lose. And I applied, I applied to this contest. And I used the lesson that I learned from Harvard, Stanford, Yale, Cornell, and Brown, thinking outside of the box to get someone's attention. And like I said, I'm going to speak more on this next time. But to make a long story short, once again, out of 28,124 applicants, I finished in the top 10. Top 10. I was one of the runner-ups. And Ryan wanted to meet me in New York City this summer because my goal is to be able to move to New York City and work for Ryan full-time. Obviously, with coronavirus, it's kind of put a wrench in this whole thing. New York City is shut down, and I don't plan on going there anytime soon with this whole pandemic, but I digress. So before the pandemic hit, I told Ryan, look, I'm going to earn enough money over the course of two years so that I can move to New York City and work for you for free. Like you don't have to pay me a penny starting off. Just so I have the opportunity to learn from you personally because you're one of the best at what you do, I want to be able to work for you for free. And so I am completely willing to move down and work for nothing. Give me two years to earn $300,000 so that I can have a big enough cushion to afford to work for free. And so with that, I had to figure out how on earth am I going to make enough money 
to go move to New York City and work for Ryan for free. Well, Ryan's got a videographer named Adrian, and I was watching some of Adrian's videos, and Adrian makes property tour videos for Ryan, and I, that was an idea that just hit me in the face. I was like, okay, I know of no one in Lubbock doing this. I know of no one in Lubbock who is making property tour videos for real estate agents and for real estate brokers. On top of that, I don't know of anyone making commercials for local businesses anyway. Most local businesses like restaurants and doctor's offices, they rely on radio ads. But if we're being honest with each other, who the crap listens to the radio anymore? Literally everyone is streaming on Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora. Uh, very few people watch cable television anymore. Everyone's streaming on Netflix, Hulu, or YouTube. So the best way for local businesses to start advertising and putting content in front of viewers is to do it through social media. The, the best way for these businesses to advertise for themselves is to put their content where people's attention is, and people's attention is on social media. And so I had an idea. I was like, okay, I'm a really good videographer. I know that because of the LA trip. Brad Hughes told me to not be in a business where I have to hold inventory. I need to be in a service-based business. Why not put these two things together? And so what I ended up doing, I started a, a media production company called Bolton X. And as of right now, I'm a full-time um, videographer and I make content specifically right now. I make uh, real estate property tour videos for real estate agent and for real estate brokers. And business is booming and I am extremely fortunate. And so as of right now, that's my story. That's how I've gotten to where I currently am. And like I said, this is just the beginning. I'm by no means some multi-millionaire baller, like absolutely not. But I'm starting to figure this whole thing out. And like I said, this is just the beginning. And with Pursuing Perspectives, I completely intend on sharing the journey with all of you. And so thank you for tuning in today. I can't wait to share uh, next week's message with you. It's going to be great. But like I said, this is just the beginning and we're in for quite the ride. So thank you once again for tuning in to today's episode. As always, my name is Bailey Bolton and I'll see you next time.